yesterday, an announcement from the Alberta government uh, that's sending a shockwaves through the renewable energy industry. Uh, the CEO of one company says it's terrible, terrible news. It just came out of left field. The whole industry is in shock. And look, I mean, even if you agree with what the Alberta government's doing, this isn't the way to do it. The utilities minister blamed scheduling problems for why he didn't meet with industry before doing this. A six-month moratorium on approving any new renewable energy projects. Can you imagine if the federal government imposed a six-month moratorium on on any new oil and gas projects? You know, the Alberta government would lose its mind, rightly so. So I don't know. I, I don't quite get why we're doing this. If we need to study issues around environmental impact or landowners' rights or the electricity grid, we can do these things. Governments do that all the time. You don't often see this kind of a moratorium. Now, maybe part of the issue here, though, is that, you know, this industry has grown a lot more rapidly than maybe the government thought it would. So the government's playing catch up here because they could have or should have done a lot of this work a long time ago. But that's maybe the government's fault, not necessarily industry's fault. So concern about, you know, the the, uh, potential chill on investment here, what kind of an impact this will have. The Alberta government certainly believes or hopes that, you know, after this six months, everything will just kind of go back to how it was. We shall see. And one of the reasons this came about, though, was, you know, concern being raised by rural municipalities in Alberta. So I want to get their perspective on this. Paul McLaughlin is president of the Rural Municipalities of Alberta. Paul, thanks for making some time for us here. Welcome to the program. Thanks for having me today. So how did this all play out then? You guys went to the government looking for this, or were they considering it, and they sought out your opinion? Explain that side of it if you can. Well, we, yeah, we definitely uh, flagged some concerns with the government as it relates to, to land use, uh, conversation-related food security, reclamation, um, some of the core issues identified uh, in the announcement for the government. Uh, we, we didn't expect a moratorium, um, and, and I think our understanding was, and I think that uh, even in your discussion you just had, uh, this, the industry has been explosive. Um, by no means, I don't think anybody thought uh, we would see the success we're seeing. Uh, it's, a, it's really steamrolling. Uh, over the landscape. And, and, and I think one thing that I think people need to understand, uh, these aren't small installations. They are covering kilometers of land uh, throughout uh, the province. And these are significant industrial projects um, that uh, that require a large amount of land and a large amount of resources to develop. So um, I have an understanding with the moratorium being the complexity of these projects and sort of the complex issues that are in play. Right, and I, I mean, it's worth noting here that when it comes to renewable energy in Alberta, the requirement is that this all be done on private land and that it only happen once an agreement has been reached with the landowner, right? So any, any project that's happening is happening because the landowner has agreed to and conceded, right? That, that's correct. Definitely, um, you know, it's, it's, it's an agreement between a landowner and, and uh, another entity. Um, but the important part of this conversation, too, is an understanding of our system, which has attracted renewables, which will continue to attract renewables, is that there is a public piece of that, and that's the transmission line. All of the people that pay electrical bills every month, uh, if you look on your bill, you have a transmission component. And that public side of the project uh, is what the regulatory process is about as well. And uh, for those transmission lines, there's expropriation and, and land being taken for those two as well. So these aren't just private industry or private decisions being made, but there is a public piece as well. Well, so in, in terms of the impact on the grid? 
Yeah, and I think one of the one of the questions is too is that uh, that's being posed by the government is the the volatility of renewables, um, how those are impacting the grid as well. Um, I'm a huge fan of renewables, and and the folks I represent are are see this as a significant opportunity and have seen significant opportunities. Um, the the uh, county of Vulcan, 45 percent of their uh, their assessment is now renewable, so it's very impressive. But one of the problems with it is is that uh, renewables are a spiking power. It's up and down and all over the place. And uh, one of the questions the government's asking as well is is how is this going to affect the grid, not in the, only in the near term, but with this explosive growth, what does it look like in the future too as well? What about the argument that they should have asked that question some time ago? And, and even if they're just getting around to asking it now, why is a moratorium necessary? Yeah, I mean, this is this has been a, a growing concern. Uh, I think these discussions have been occurring for about ten years uh, in 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 our space uh, as it leads to municipal officials. But again, coming back to the the prior conversation, it has been explosive. We are a leader in renewables in in North America. The growth has been tremendous. Um, but and part of that reason is we have a great regulatory system, an open system. Uh, but on top of that, we have the finest wind and solar resource on planet Earth, and that's been attracting. A tremendous amount of investment, and I think it will uh, continue to attract that investment. What our hope is is that at the end of the seven months, we'll create certainty, both for investment certainty, landowner certainty, and then for the folks I represent is municipalities and their role in the land use decision-making process. What about the risk that we're, we're discouraging that investment or putting a chill on that? Well, I, I think that what really the whole the key messaging is to create certainty. I think that we've dealt with this on a project by project basis. Most municipalities have been pushed out of the decision making, which has been frustrating. Um, and what we're also seeing is that high quality irrigable land land they're actually pulling pivots off of land. Fifteen fifteen municipalities have declared an agricultural uh, disaster in the last little while. So highly productive land is actually having solar place solar panels placed on it. That is very frustrating to. Uh, the folks I represent, as well as to rural Albertans as well. Uh, we want to make sure that these are going in the right spot. And the way the systems work right now, uh, those projects have been approved on uh, irrigable land and high-quality agricultural land as well. Does it feel like there's a double standard here? And I, I know that oil and gas, you know, has, has a, I don't know, a special place in Albertans' hearts, if I can put it that way. But, you know, it, it's, it's got a, a privileged position here in Alberta, but we've got issues. And your organization has raised concerns about, you know, unpaid uh, taxes from, from, you know, some oil and gas companies. There's issues with uh, environmental issues on, on land with, you know, sites in need of remediation, right? So we've got all of these problems on that side, but... No one is or would call for a moratorium on approving oil and gas projects. Yeah, and I, I think the complexity of it, too, is that just the sheer scale of these projects, again, covering kilometers of land, um, that's quite a bit different than a lot of the resource projects that we're talking about. A, a well site can, I have well sites on my farm that probably take maybe up an acre and, and they don't cover my entire farmland. So I think that the sheer size and the scale has been increasing. These have been scaling up. Um, in the last little while. Uh, and I know people are, are trying to compare the two industries. And I guess the, the key message I can give you as it relates to the renewable industry is the renewable industry doesn't have any of those rules in place. So uh, we do have issues with reclamation on the oil and gas side. We do have orphan wells. There is nothing on, on the renewable side. And what we're asking for is to put some, put some rules in place, ensuring that we're protecting the future from uh, potentially orphan solar, solar farms that could be out there all over the province. Well, I mean, you know, the R-Star program, I mean, the Alberta government's about to, you know, provide incentives to, to oil and gas companies to, to clean up the, those well sites, right? So, 
you know, if we're going to use taxpayer dollars to clean up those sites, does it seem unfair again that we're going to now say to these companies that, that they need to pony up? Well, in the United States, uh, which we can model quite a bit in Montana, you're required to actually have a bond, um, reclamation bond. Uh, the Bureau of Land Management in the U.S. has 10000 per acre as a bond. So this is part of the business in other provinces, too, as well, mm-hmm. uh, in the renewable industry. And, and, I, and I think that, you know, we're comparing. We are an energy province, and I would agree. I think that we need to put pressure on uh, the oil and gas industry and to clean up faster. I'm very concerned about orphan wells, and, and my sector is, too, as well. But what we've learned from oil and gas, we definitely don't want to have that carry over into the renewable industry. And we just want to make sure that we're, we're treating everyone the same and, and moving forward and making sure that we're protecting the future from potential environmental liabilities or reclamation liabilities in the future. All right. Much more at rmalberta.com. Paul, appreciate your perspective here. Thanks for joining us this morning.